I want you to go ahead and turn to Genesis 34. I mean, Exodus. Sorry. Exodus 34. They're so close together, I was getting a little confused. First, I want to ask this question. Have you ever been part of some sort of big revealing or some big announcement uh, that someone might do? Uh, What are some things that we like to reveal Baby gender. Joseph, did y'all have a big gender reveal party? You didn't. Okay. Uh, But that's really become a spectacle these days, right? These gender reveal parties, uh, they're very neat in a lot of ways. Just a way to celebrate uh, the revealing of the gender of someone's child. I've seen people have balloons in the air and then they shoot them with like pellet guns. And then they explode with dust of the color blue or pink. It's pretty crazy. Um, but th- that's something we like to reveal. What else? Somebody over here said something? Oh, you said the birth of a baby? Okay. Anything else? Accepting Christ? Yeah. Sometimes that's a big revealing. Anybody else? Oh, Wayne, are you announcing right now? You might get a few votes in here. I don't know. Yeah, when someone's going to run for president, you know, there's a big press conference, lots of people there, uh, all the TV stations are ready for your announcement. Any, Any others that you're thinking of? You're engaged. Yes, that's always a big announcement within a family, uh, an announcement. Anything else? Retirement. For some of you, you just can't wait for the day that you can reveal to all your friends and family and maybe your, your boss that you are retiring. That's an exciting moment. We love to reveal things and, and sometimes we like to build it up. I know with the youth group, sometimes if we're going on a trip uh, or a theme for some kind of event, sometimes I like to build it up a little bit and then reveal it. Uh, they can probably tell you of a few dumb videos I've shown or, or made of myself. Uh, but I love to do revealings. And, uh, you know, 15 years ago, something very important was revealed to me. Uh, when I was in my fifth grade class, uh, it was kind of funny, Joseph talking this morning about being a junior in high school, and I was only a fifth grader. So <laughs> that, was, that, was weird for, that was a weird realization for me. Uh, But in my fifth grade class, uh, as I came back from some sort of activity, and my teacher obviously was strongly affected by something that was going on in our country. And uh, we came in, and she turned the TV on for us, and we watched. And uh, Joseph talked about how he couldn't understand as a junior in high school, and I really could not understand as a fifth grader uh, what was going on. And and just how many people uh, were being killed in this event. Uh, and I didn't understand how much it would affect me later on in life even. Or the fact, I was talking the other day, uh, the fact that that was going to be taught to my kids in history class and that we were witnessing something historic on television. Uh, but something very important was revealed to me that day, in the weeks following, in the months following, about unity. And uh, as as our country came together in a way that 
I don't know that I've ever witnessed in my life other than that, those couple of weeks, months, year, you know, the year after. Um, something very important was revealed to me about unity and about freedom. And tonight, as we study, I want us to look at what true freedom looks like for a Christian, what true freedom looks like within you uh, as we read. So first, go to Exodus 34. Exodus 34, verses 29 through 35. Exodus 24, 34, I'm sorry, I'm getting my books and chapters all mixed up. Exodus 34, 29 through 35. We're going to start just reading 29 through 33. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. When I read these verses, uh, I kind of I have some questions. Maybe a question that you also have is why did Moses put this veil over his face? Now I want you to to talk with me here. Why do people usually cover their face up? Something they want to hide. What was that? To mourn, yes. To mourn. Anyone else? Keep the light out. Yeah, maybe you don't have any sunglasses, so you just grab whatever and just cover your whole face. (laughs) Yeah, you might cover your your face in that way. Um, One thing that kind of comes to my mind is um, when a football team's doing really bad, what do you see them doing, fans doing? Do what, Jerry? They put a sack over. You know, you, they kind of sometimes at, towards the end of the season when the team's doing really bad, I've never done this, uh, but uh, when the camera pans to the, the fans, and you'll see some of them just trying to be funny, put those big brown paper bags over their head and cut out holes for their eyes, um, because they're ashamed, Right? Uh, they're ashamed by what's going on. They don't want to be seen as a supporter of that team. Uh, I'm a strong supporter, so you'll never see me with a brown paper bag over my head. Uh, but that definitely happens when people are ashamed. Um, so you think about these different reasons why you might go out in public with your face covered. Um, maybe you're ashamed. You don't want people to see you. Uh, and you, you look at, at this at, this, uh, at these verses, where Moses covers up his face, um, we do the same thing. A lot of times when we're in public, maybe you don't literally cover your face with an object, like a veil or a paper sack. Uh, but when we go out, a lot of times we cover up who we really are. And we like to cover up what 
what we're about. Uh, we like to cover up who we are inside. Uh, you put on a happy face when actually you're going through something very difficult. Uh, you put on, uh, some people are the opposite. They may put on a sad face because they want someone to speak to them. But, but a lot of times we hide what's really going on inside of our hearts, inside of our bodies, with the face that we put on uh, on us. Uh, I think it puts a strain on us because we were not made to hide who we really are, right? God made us in His image, and He made us to be who we are, to feel the emotions that we feel, not to hide them, not to hide who we are. So going back to our passage, I want to look at verses 34 and 35. We're going to read those now. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he removed the veil. He would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. So when you read that, and you start to see what might be the reason for Moses hiding his face, what do you see in that passage? Why do you think Moses might have been hiding his face? Okay. Okay, that's, that's a good answer. Uh, they didn't want to be near him because it was shining so bright. It was bringing fear to them, fear of God. So that's one reason. Does anybody see any other reasons yeah okay yeah maybe it was a distraction uh, an unneeded distraction maybe when he would go and try to communicate they were so focused on his face shining that he couldn't necessarily communicate what he wanted to any other reasons that you see i'm not necessarily looking for one answer i'm just Seeing what your what your mind's thinking. I think all of those uh, could be potentially the answer. Um, I think that uh, these people who had fallen away from God, they needed a leader. I think they very much needed a leader. And as time went by, I think that Moses covered his face uh, because he wanted to be that leader. And as time went by, I think that the further, the longer he was away from God, I think that light kind of, you think it faded a little bit the longer he was away from God? Or you think it stayed bright the rest of his life? It probably faded a little bit as time went by. And I think they wanted a leader. They needed a leader that was guiding them, that was pushing them. And uh, when I started out looking at this passage and thinking about why he put this veil over his face, um, I started thinking maybe it was because he wanted to hide the fact that his face was fading. That the shine, that the glow that was around him was fading over time. And I started thinking about us and how we hide our faces. And I think most of the time, when you think about the person that you really are, when you're at home, you don't usually hide your face. 
of who you are. When you're at work a lot of times, maybe sometimes you do, but probably not all the time. Uh, Probably sometimes you show who you really are. I think a struggle we have in the church is that we hide who we really are most of the time when we're here. Okay? Uh, I think we struggle to show our church family who we really are. I think we struggle for people to see us as weak, for people to see us uh, deep in sadness. We struggle to let our true emotions show even amongst this family. And I think that as a church family, that this should be at least the one place that you feel comfortable showing who you really are. The person that you really are, the things you're really dealing with inside your body, the things that you're struggling with, this should be the one place for sure that you feel comfortable with that. And as a family, I think we need to be removing the veil that we put over our face. Um, I know many times that things have been going on in my life and I get in the parking lot of the church building and I have to stop and just take a deep breath and say a prayer and then I put that veil on and go in like everything's good. And I bet that some of you have dealt with the same thing. Because we don't want the people here to see us as weak and we don't want them to, to judge us off of our emotions. We have to understand all of this to be able to go over to 2 Corinthians. So flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. All this is good context for what we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in verses 12 through 18. 12 through 18. We're going to get a little more insight into what's going on here. I'm going to start reading in verse 12 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 through 18. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. Uh, that verse there is kind of what gives me the indication that maybe he was trying to hide that the glory was fading from his face. It was coming to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. Focus on these next two ver- three verses here, for sure. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So when we read this passage, we learn that the veil kind of represented the Old Covenant that God had with His people. Under this covenant, people were held by a bunch of laws, right? Does anybody remember how many laws are said to be in the Old Testament? There's a bunch. Joseph, you remember? 
613 laws, okay? There's a lot of laws in the Old Testament. That's not something I memorized, okay? Uh, That's something I looked up uh, as I was studying. 613 laws. And under this covenant, people were expected to keep all of them, right? So look back at verse 14. What takes our veil away? Looking at verse 14. What takes our veil away? Strength of the Lord. Turning to the Lord. Yes. Looking at verse 14. It talks about their minds were hardened. For to this day when they read the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Only through Christ is it taken away. Our veil is taken away when we turn back to God. When we have a genuine relationship with Him, a relationship that's real, not one that's fake, that's when our veil is removed. Today we are in Christ. We're not in this old covenant that they're talking about. It's a good example to us. Uh, We're not expected to keep a certain amount of laws but we are supposed to have a relationship with Christ. Okay? Now look, look at verses 15 through 18 as we kind of uh, break this down even a little bit more. I want to read it one more time. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, to a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are called today to be followers of Christ, to be in relationship with Him. Uh, We are called to be baptized into Christ. To have a true, real relationship. When we're baptized, we go into an even deeper relationship with Christ where we take part in His crucifixion and His resurrection. Baptism brings us along that road, that journey of going into a deeper relationship with Christ. We must accept that relationship. We must accept that relationship and that challenge, and the Spirit of God will transform us. That's what these verses are telling us. The Spirit of God will transform us and remove the veil that we put over our face, to bring glory to God. Now I want you to notice, notice specifically verse 17 again. Where it says that the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now I'm, I'm purposefully going back and reading these verses again to you because I want these verses to really sink into your minds. Notice what it says again. There is freedom. So what comes to your mind when you think of freedom? Your country, America, anybody else, something different? Okay, the 4th of July, that's a day in the year that is, you know, set apart for us uh, to celebrate our freedom in our country. Anything else? Okay, 
the freedom of choice. The freedom from sin. Yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, okay. Freedom from stress. I'm sure if I asked a show of hands, all of us were, are dealing with some sort of stress right now. And all of us are thankful for all of these freedoms that we have, not just as members of this country, but as members of the body of Christ. Any other freedoms that come to your mind? Or things that come to your mind when you hear that word, freedom? I know one for me is a bald eagle. I just kind of, I see that. Especially as an Auburn fan, we fly an eagle around the stadium. So, that's something that I love. I love to see that, that vision of the eagle. Anything else? So what is freedom? It's a little bit different a question. Not necessarily what comes to your mind when you hear the word freedom, but what exactly is freedom? Okay, come and go as you please. As some of our students were going off to college this year for the first time, I was thinking about when I went to college, um, and no one was necessarily watching every move I made. Not that they were when I was at home either, but uh, a little less, even more, when I went to college. I remember the first time I drove to Walmart, and it just kind of hit me. I didn't ask anybody. You know, I just, I just drove to Walmart. It sounds so simple, but that was a big deal to me that I just decided I wanted to go buy some food. I walked out of my dorm room and drove to Walmart. Um, that, you know, the ability to just kind of come and go as I pleased uh, was freedom to me. All right, what else? What is freedom? A form of release, definitely. Anybody else? Okay, burdens lifted. When you when you think about the freedom we have to worship here, the burden of being worried, the burden of being afraid that someone might come in and uh, give harm to us. That burden is lifted, right? That's, that's freedom. Anything else? What is freedom? Yeah, Gail. We take it for granted. Yeah, for most of our lives, right? Uh, we have experienced freedom. I know all of my life, we've experienced freedom. And it's definitely something that I sometimes take for granted because... Uh, it's hard for me to remember a time where I didn't have that, right? Anything else? What is freedom? Okay. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness kind of sums up a lot of things, right? So as we're as we're looking into these verses and as we're thinking about true freedom on a day where for the first time in my life 15 years ago 
that seemed like it was in jeopardy. Um, that was, you know, 15 years ago on September 11th. That was the first time in my life that I ever felt like uh, the freedom that we have as a country was actually in jeopardy. Uh, on a day where we're thinking about freedom and in a country where we experience a lot of freedom, here's some verses right here where we're told specifically how we as the body of Christ experience the same thing, freedom. This verse tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And as we talked about freedom from sin, freedom from our burdens, and all of those things are things that we should experience as Christians. And even going back to when we were talking about putting that veil over our face, we cannot experience true freedom if we're hiding the person that we really are. We don't experience true freedom when we don't want people to know that we're struggling, or that we at least have some people that know that we're struggling, that share that burden. Christ gives us the freedom to share our burdens, not only with Him, but with people who are in Christ. We experience true freedom when we're able to remove the veil and show the people around us who we really are. Because it's a huge burden, and we don't really have that freedom when we're hiding it, and when we go to work and we don't want people to see who we are, and maybe who you really are as a Christian. But when you go to work, when you go to school, you hide that. Or maybe who you really are is someone who's really struggling. And when you come in here, you hide that. I was told a story about these two boys who got invited to a masquerade party at Duke University, and uh, I don't know why, but these two particular boys decided to go to a masquerade party dressed as their school mascot. You remember who Duke University's mascot is? The Blue Devils. So these two guys decided to go to this masquerade party dressed as a Blue Devil, both of them. So they both rented two Duke Blue Devil mascot uniforms and headed their way into the masquerade party. On the way there, they got a little mixed up and they accidentally walked into a church building in the middle of a prayer service. Okay, so you, you can imagine this is kind of awkward. As the people looked up from their prayers and saw two devils walking into the building, uh, they were alarmed for sure. And they actually started exiting the building because they were terrified in this building with these two devils. One older lady got stuck at the end of her pew and uh, she turned and saw these guys and she yelled. Okay, She started screaming because she was terrified. And so they rushed towards her thinking something was wrong, wanting to help her. So you can imagine the, the awkwardness of this is building. And as she saw them advancing toward her, she raised her hands, screamed at these two devils, Stop! Don't come any further. I want you to know that I've been a member of this church for 25 years, but I've been on your side the entire time. 
(laughs) It's a funny story, uh, but it would describe a lot of us, right? People who come in this building, but outside of here, there's a lot of things going on that we want to hide when we're here. We're afraid to reveal who our true selves are. And that's the main idea behind this entire Bible study. Is that we're afraid to remove the veil. and Show fellow Christians who we are. To talk to fellow Christians about the struggles that we really have. And on the reverse side of that, sometimes we're not very open to listening to people who are struggling. All that is something that we as a church family have to work on constantly. Being able to remove the veil and talk to people about who we really are and also being able to listen to people who really are struggling, really dealing with a lot. Realize today that you have freedom in Christ. You have true freedom. That doesn't mean you have freedom to hide who you are. But you have true freedom to have a place where you can talk about your struggles, where you can talk about who you really are, a place where we as a church family can help each other through the things we're dealing with. You have true freedom. And as a believer of Christ, you have a gift, salvation, that's been given to you. And Christ is waiting on us to accept that, Christ is waiting on us to accept that gift of salvation through baptism so that the Spirit of God can can fill our lives and remove the veil that we place over our face so that we can be a person of freedom. That we can be a person who can be who we really are because God is guiding us, protecting us, when, when our veil is removed, we can serve for real. We can serve genuinely. Because every time we serve, we're not trying to hide something. We can serve uh, as our genuine selves in a position that we feel like we can serve the body of Christ. We have the opportunity to serve. And this evening, I'm asking you, to become a member of the body of Christ, to allow the Spirit of God to remove the veil that we're placing over our face. However that, whatever that means for you, whether that means baptism, or if that means opening up and talking to this church family about what you're struggling with, we'd love to pray with you tonight. And we'll give you that opportunity as we stand and sing.